So, as trialed earlier, Pat Blanchard is uh, one of our missionaries that we support in Peru and uh, works with CMS. It's a delight to have you with us. So let's pray for you and for us, and then we'll let you get going. Father, thank you for Pat. Thank you for that privilege of being able to share of the situation that she's in and the things that you've put on her heart. I ask that you would help us as hearers to be people who are counted amongst the wise, who hear and respond rightly to your word. So Lord, be with us, we ask. Amen. Thanks so much. It's good to be back. I can't remember the last time I was actually here on a Sunday. I think the last time I came, I came midweek. And then I'm very sorry for those who turned up on Wednesday expecting to see me. I've had some family issues this week, but thank you for praying and thank you for gathering on Wednesday. And it's good to have this time this morning to share with you. And I bring greetings from the Diocese of Peru um, in Lima. Next slide, please. That's the building that I built. No, I didn't build it myself. (laughs) We have built. (laughs) And um, I'm now living up in that building and uh, on the job uh, 24-7, which is great. Um, Challenges, um, yeah. It's great on the whole. Uh, apart from the last time, I think just after I came and visited you last year, I went home, I, was, I went back, I had a couple of jet lag. I was going down the stairs looking for my bus fare to go up to my other church for Bible study, and I fell down two steps and broke my feet. And so um, that was a bit shocking. And as I was saying, I got a bit of a twinge, so um, I thought it too much um, dancing, which I'll show you a bit later. So it's um, a time, of, sometimes it's a difficult time. We go through phases. Um, I've now been in Peru 17 years, which... Sometimes feels like um, it's far too long, but sometimes I think I haven't done anything else. And so um, thank you for partnering with me in those 17 years. And um, I'm not sure how much longer I'll be there, so you may see me popping up again in the next future. Um, But I just praise God for the things that he's been doing and the challenges he puts before us, um, me in Peru and perhaps here in Pippin Jim's as well, as we see um, God doing his will in our lives and encouraging us to be part of that as we work together as church. Next slide, please. So there's me on my new roof um, with some of the young people, and um, that's where we're ministering, in the shanty towns. Um, So I'm woken up by chickens, the dogs keep me awake at night, but it's great to be there in the community, living and breathing with my parishioners and those that we're ministering to in Lima. Uh, Next slide, please. So we're working with many with disabilities. I remember the last time I came, we had that lovely baptism service where everything just came together, talking about disabilities. And the young lad, I think it was David, wasn't it, being baptized. And um, God still called me into that ministry. We're growing, um, lots more children. Next slide, please. And we've got a lot of changes as well in the diocese as, um, uh, was it Anne who prayed? No, Sue, sorry, Sue prayed. Um, as from last year, we have a new Peruvian diocesan bishop. Um, it's not been an easy transition for several reasons. We had it 18 years under one previous bishop, um, an expat, and now we have a Peruvian bishop. But he's really surprised us, and, and he's really um, taken hold of our diocese and listening to God. And this is the six-fold strands we've got in our diocese. Um, we've got the three horizontal strands of our making sure that we all have a personal relationship with Christ, that we are rooted in the word, in the scriptures, that we are rooted in being part of the church family. And then we have the vertical stripes of being, you know, what we praying together personally and corporately, knowing what we believe and how we work that out each day. And finally, that purple stripe going through there, how we're living our lives each day. 
And those strands remind us that the cross is central to everything we do in our ministry. It shows the great love God had for us that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. Next slide. He shows that, you know, whoever we are, wherever we are, we can participate in God's kingdom business. Whether it's challenging in Peru with people with disabilities, whether it's here in Chatham. Um, I know you have many schools, ministries, ministries here in the church. So let's together see where God is challenging us and... Um, that passage is quite challenging, that from um, uh, Luke 17. But I want to unpack it a bit in my context and hope that we can unpack it together as we see what God is calling us this morning to do in our own lives as a response to being here this morning. Next, please. So the cross is central to what we do. Jesus, God, God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die for us. And that is all. Our gospel is based on love. Next slide, please. And um, this is our new diocesan council praying together um, as they were elected in our synod. And um, just want to hold that image about praying together as a group. I just thank the the Lord that that on the, the Luke 17 reading had those few verses as well from Corinthians that talked about love. And... um, One thing that struck me about reading those first three verses of 1 Corinthians, perhaps we we bypass them very quickly and go into love is kind, love is patient, love is lovely. And we looked at that a bit yesterday on the Ladies' Day Away, which is great. But as I look at these first three verses, it raised some issues in my life. And it talks about if we just go about things being busy and being active, which I'm very, I'm a very busy person. I think as Sue prayed that I'm painting, I'm preaching, I'm doing all sorts of things. Um, but if we're just being busy for busyness' sakes, what does it say? We're just making a lot of noise and a lot of fuss, and perhaps we're not doing everything, and we're perhaps being an irritating and noisy people in God's kingdom. So that was a word to me, that busyness is great as long as it's God's busyness. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If we're doing God's work and be busy for him. So we need to be discerning and listening to him about what he's wanting us to do. Next slide, please. So as I said, I broke my foot and badly sprained the other one. So I was in a wheelchair for three months. And there's nothing like being, you know, in that situation to give you that feeling, what it like means to be disabled. And for me, God spoke to me. It was a very frustrating time for me, being such a busy person, being so active that I couldn't do anything. I need to rely on other people. And I think that showed me that we all need times of perhaps doing other things, not always doing what we're supposed to be doing or we've done in the past, but having seasons of doing different things. And that's something I think God challenges me and I think challenges each one of us to be sometimes still before the Lord and have a time of listening and discernment before we go into action in his kingdom. Um, Next slide, please. So this is us in our Christmas... uh, I just put that slide, I just love it. We had a Christmas wheelchair race and we were all doing fun things. So life is great fun, it's great, but there was a great challenge out there. Uh, next slide. As we're working alongside um, very severely disabled children, adults and young people. And um, I was reading on the bus recently. <laughs> I bought a little 50p book in a charity shop, um, one of these, Alistair McCall, the, the number one detective agency. I don't know how many of you have read those. I kind of just to get on a bus and sit and read for five minutes. It's, it's fun. It said, there is plenty of work to love to do, was one of the chapter headings. I thought, oh, that's good from a sermon. And I think we need to look at this passage in, John 7, um, in Luke 17 in light of what we've just read about love. 
Because the, ch- the challenges in that passage in, in Luke 17 seem quite harsh, seem quite, well, quite a, a strong challenge to us. But we need to cover that in love and cover that in what God did for us and knowing that God would continue to work in and through us. So the first thing I really want to say about those, that passage in um, Luke 17 is talking about testimony and sin. We need to watch as it says in that verse, is watch yourselves. How are we living out our Christian lives, where we are, where we're working, where we're studying, where we're ministering, where we walk, where we play, where we do anything? How are we living out our lives? How are we living out what this morning we've sung about? Do we just sing it here and then we forget about it Monday to Saturday? We need to be living out where we are. Watch how we're living our lives. People are looking at us as Christians. We need to watch how we react, how we act. And I know in England it's been a difficult time politically, you know, what's been happening. And perhaps we're thinking, well, as Christians, what should we do? What should we say? How should we speak out against what we see in our politics, in our, in our world? So we need to take seriously, as a Christian, how we react to what's around us. For me in Peru, that means reacting on behalf of those with disabilities, and um, it's been quite uh, challenging. Um, when I, after I broke my feet, I couldn't get up to Nazareno, the other church that I was leading. Um, the bishop decided that I, I was too busy anyway, so probably best not to carry on leading that church, which is, after 14 years, was quite hard for me <laughs> to let go of something. Um, but um, they left somebody else in charge who didn't really step up. And then recently, in September, they had a new vicar go there. And he's doing lots of changes, and I went to a deanery meeting recently, and he's put the church on the first floor. And I thought, Shalom started here. Shalom, this ministry, all-inclusive, all-encompassing ministry, started in this church on this ground floor where people could get in. <laughs> and now the church is up there. <laughs> and they're kind of thinking, what we, you know, what are we trying to do? So I said, well, I go back, I'm going to try and perhaps raise some money for an elevated platform because, you know, you're cutting off people's access to the to kingdom uh, teaching. So, and I've also said I want to go around all the churches and try and um, advocate, do advocacy on behalf of disabled people and those that are not able to get into our churches. They're not even able to get into the bathroom. Um, when we were having our meeting and saying, who is going to cover me in the meeting the time I'm away? Um, they said, well, it doesn't matter. We'll just come and collect all your people and we'll just take them somewhere else and we'll do a joint service. I said, um, how are you gonna, well, we're going to get taxis. I said, well, how are you going to get them out of their wheelchairs, into a taxi? journey out the wheel taxis into the wheelchair into your building they'll be stressed even before we get anywhere and when they get there can they go to the bathroom by themselves oh no we can take them who wants to be taken to the toilet when they're 50 i'm sorry i didn't like that when i was in a wheelchair and i think people's dignity is very much at stake so that's for me about the testimony how we're living out our lives um when i go back it's a thing that i want to make as a priority uh, in our diocese and uh, very much in our reading next slide please um, the other thing about living out our faith, really, is um, um, this is a lovely couple. I remember, you may remember praying for Etel Vina's husband for many years, and um, he came to faith a few years ago, and um, fortunately, they died very suddenly in December. So again, it's been seeing God giving and God taking away, God answering prayers, but then seeming to go back on what he said. And I think we need to be very um, mindful that it's God's kingdom coming, God's will being done in our lives. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. So watching ourselves, 
washing so that we don't let other ones stumble. Next slide, please. Making sure that those that we're ministering to, who are looking at us, perhaps looking up to us, and we are letting them down. And we need to be very careful that what we're doing and what we are um, preaching um, is um, having that... um, Sorry, I just lost my... (laughs) So we need to make sure that we're not um, um, leading people astray in what we're believing. We've got that little, that, the one, that little ones. I thought I had some slides of little ones. That was waiting. You've got the next slide. That, oh, yeah, here was the little ones. <laughs> I just love that, the, little, the way that the, you know, it looks as well. Watch out for the little ones. And God's given me many little ones to look after. Next slide, please. This is Jocelyn, one of my goddaughters. Next slide. I just love this little one. Miguel looks like he's just kind of sitting there praying. <laughs> it's just lovely. And it's very sad, really. Miguel, who's eight with Down syndrome, has just lost his mother to get a breast cancer. So again, supporting the family in in that. So our little ones are very precious to us, especially the little ones that God's given to us uh, with disabilities. So I think we just need to watch how we're leading, what role models we're giving to other people in our churches, in our children's ministry, to our own children, to our grandchildren, to our families. God has given us a position to be an influence and to the next generation growing up. Um... The next, so that's the first thing about watching ourselves, what we're doing. What, it's not just me being a missionary, and I sometimes hate being put on a pedestal, having my photograph, you know, rather large photograph on a board, because we're all God's children. We're all put somewhere to be an influence on others. And I think we do need to watch that influence in our lives. Next slide, please. So there's uh, Ricardo. He's um, just recently got his um, registered disability, and he's hoping to find a job. Not easy, <laughs> but he's a great young guy, and I've left him in charge of the youth ministry. So that's great. So he's a young lad with disabilities, and uh, he's 26, can't read, can't write, um, but he's very enthusiastic for the Lord and accompanies to all the youth ministry meetings and is now um, taking charge, as he says, of the youth ministry in Shalom, which is great, and I'm really encouraged by that. Next slide. And here's um, Ricardo and Johnny just doing some Christmas art and craft and, again, encouraging them in their skills, encouraging them in their social skills and giving them a worth and value within our church. The next thing I want to go on to talk about is when um, Luke talks about forgiveness and humility. You don't always have to watch how we are acting ourselves. We need to watch how we are treating each other. Next slide, please. Um, This is a lovely... um, slide of a a street parade we were on and really just saying that we need to work together we need to be there marching together working together but it's not always easy working together next slide please this is our church group our group of leadership our group of bible study and i've left kind of those in charge of about five or six people each one is like a little um, field group we were talking about jesus the good shepherd a few weeks ago in the lectionary and we separated into different field in groups of um, pens, I suppose you'd call them. And each person's got several people to look after in their kind of where they live, so that while some are away, people are being cared for um, in the community. Um, but it's not always easy to work together. Um, some people have got one idea how they're going to do things, and we all know working as a team is not easy. What do they always say? There is no I in team, but we all like to be the I in the team. So there's the church team. Next slide, please. The therapy team, I now have got a staff of eight that I manage. Um, it's not always easy. Um, we have team meetings. We look at plans for the, ther- for the children's therapy. It's not easy working with a team. 
We're not all built the same. We all have different ideas. And for me, as an English person working in Peru, even though I've been there 17 years, sometimes I still don't get it. Um, <laughs> um, I just don't know. <laughs> so I say, oh, yes. But sometimes it's really difficult working cross-culturally. <laughs> it's working, difficult even working <laughs> with people <laughs> where you've grown up with, you know, because you know them so well and you think how they're going to react and they don't always do that. So we need to watch how we treat each other. So Luke's saying... Watch out for each other, and if someone does something you don't like, don't bear a grudge. Forgive them and get on with it. We haven't got time in God's kingdom for bearing grudges, for saying, well, I don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to do my own thing. That's a problem in the church in Peru a lot of the time. Um, there's so many different groups and different denominations. I don't know how it is here in, 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 um, in the non-Anglican world. Um, but people, you know, someone says, I've got an idea, I don't like what you're doing, so I'll just go off and form my own church. You know, or we can be like that. I don't like what they're doing, so I'm going to leave. Isn't that that saying? If you want the, to be, if you want to join the perfect church, don't become a member because you're corrupted, because you're not perfect, or something worse to that effect. So I think we need to next slide, please. And this is a group. I also work in a project um, called the Ines Project that works with very fragile medical children. We work on with advocacy, and we have health ambassadors working in every church. Um, looking at identifying people in the community who need that help, parents who need to be empowered um, to get the care they need for their children through the local um, medical um, service. We can't just put our pocket in and buy medicine. We can't just put our hand in our pocket and pay for a magnetic resonance thing because we just, we just we create dependency. So we need to um, make sure the government, um, we get over the corruption, we get over paying bribes, and we advocate on behalf of those children to get what is rightfully theirs in their condition, their health condition. So we work as a team. We have a meeting every Friday morning. Sometimes it gets a bit heated who hasn't got medicine, who hasn't brought this, who hasn't seen the doctor, who didn't get the appointment, um, who hasn't filled in their forms. And so, but it's, it's good to brainstorm and just um, work together. It's not easy, as I say, but we need to forgive, we need to move on, we need to accept one another. We have, may sometimes have misunderstandings about um, what others are thinking, what others are doing. So we need to have perseverance, we need to have patience, we need to... Um, live in the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that we can let him transform us and reconcile. Forgive us as we forgive others, as we reminded in the Lord's Prayer, which we've read twice this morning, both in the prayers and then uh, corporately together afterwards. Next slide, please. So this is a great day. We had the inauguration of the new lift and we were able to get those wheelchairs up onto the lift, onto the roof. And... Um, the next part about Luke 17, about the mustard seed, again really spoke to me because it's been kind of like our motto in Shalom. Shalom just started, um, next slide please. This is, the, this is me looking very young in 2006, <laughs> along with Etelina and, and Luisa in the middle, who's still uh, the centre coordinator, uh, my right hand, my left hand lady, looking after things in my absence. The lady in the white coat jacket is um, Ruth, our first therapist, who we didn't employ, we just, she just came um, two afternoons a week, and um, we gave her her bus fare. And the two young children in the middle and the big bottom are sisters of um, young lads with disabilities, and they're both now in university. So time moves on. Shalom grows step by step. Next slide, please. Um, this is actually Louise, but it reminds me that Shalom just started with one young man, Austin, 
who at the time in 2001 was 14, had no wheelchair. We found a wheelchair and started the whole uh, exploration into how do we minister, how do we work with those disabilities, how do we include them, how do we give them worth, how do we give them dignity. And say, 15, 16 years later, we now have over 100 children coming each week and 500, 600 being through our books. We have a church in February 2008. We had our first service, a shalom, a church, and uh, we now have a lovely building, all accessible. But I didn't realize in 2001 that I'll be working with disabilities. Um, as it says in my little brief, there's two li- if you want to see, get a little bit another picture of me afterwards. This is the other picture, and they've got a new picture of me looking a bit, I don't know, really quite odd. Um, it says here, working with people with disabilities was not something I came to Lima to do, but, it, but God has made it something I love. And I had no idea what God was going to do in Peru. I knew that I was going to be there a long time because I had that sense when I was called that I wouldn't, it wasn't like a three-year and come back. I, I sensed there was a call on my life for something long-term. I just hadn't, I had no idea what that long-term had, was to be. And I think sometimes we, we are afraid to start something because we don't know where it's going. But I think that's the excitement with God. He calls us, perhaps to start with in a small way, and he moves us on. And something else I was reading about um, for the, ser- the sermon this morning, um, uh, the other day, I thought, you know, it says, you know, you have a faith as small as a mustard seed. You can say, do this, move this, and it will happen. God is talking about a small faith in a big God. We don't have to wait until our faith grows. We have to act on what faith God has given us now, and he will increase that faith in us through what he does in us. And we can be surprised by faith. We can be surprised. I'm surprised at what God's done. I can be surprised when I come back to the UK and speak about it. I think, oh, goodness me. You know, it happens every day and I'm working it, living it every day. But when you stop, actually, that's pretty amazing. And it's not me. It's God. But God is pretty amazing. So can I just say to you this morning, don't be afraid to start something. Don't be fearful that what you start is going to become too big that you're not going to manage it. Because that's not true, because God can manage it. And I just love that complimentary passage in, um, is it in Matthew 13, 31, where it says, And the seed, the mustard seed you plant, will grow into a big tree, and all the birds will come and perch on it. And that's a picture that God gave me several years ago about what shalom should be. From that small seed, that one wheelchair, now we've got a big thing that many can come, and there's space for everybody, there's inclusion for everybody. Sometimes we're full up in the afternoon of people just dropping in, you know, having a chat, singing some songs, doing some art. And it's just that place where all are welcome, all can come in, and all can use the facilities. Uh, Next slide, please. So we've been giving out wheelchairs. We continue to give out wheelchairs. Next slide. We continue to give out crutches. This is a young man, um, Miguel has got a degenerative um, disease in his legs and he's just um, losing the ability to walk, but we've given him two crutches. He's now able to get about and go to school, although it's still a big issue for him, being an 18-year-old, having to go to secondary school in, in, with crutches. It's still a big issue for him um, emotionally as well, but he's doing great. Next slide, please. And this is the thing, the lift. I think I just put up with having that hole in the building with this metal thing um, for so long that it became part of the furniture and I thought we'd never get a lift you know, and when I was in my wheelchair, I just, on my bottom, just bummed up and bummed down every 
um, and every um, corridor had a wheelchair on every floor. And I just, we just met some people who said, well, what are you do?" I said, well, we haven't got the money back, and so, you know, we just can't do anything. But we'll just give you some more money. What's the problem? You know, so we didn't, haven't got any money back. That guy's still a little swindler. <laughs> still keep praying for him. Um, but the law provided money, and um, they got the lift in, and we go up and down. And every time I get in that lift, I thank for it, and I pray for the guy that swindled us, and I pray for the guys that put the lift in. And, um, and sometimes I think we're... Me looking at that hole where that lift should have been, just thinking, oh, well, that didn't work out. It can't happen. It's not God's plan. And I think we need to be pushing more doors because sometimes we're the obstacle in that way of God working. You know, um, and it can be because we had a bad experience previously. It can be that things didn't work out as we thought. But God can transform um, in us and can give us that vision of that he can do it. And we need to trust him in what we're doing. Uh, next slide. So there's, sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah. So this is again Ricardo, um, the guy that's leading the youth ministry. Um, he started coming to church about 18 months ago, and he was baptised in April. And um, he sometimes is, he's a, a guy of few words, um, but he can speak quite profound. So now, well, you're going to give your testimony. He said, well, I can't, you know, I can't do that. I said, you can. So he did it, and he did a lovely little, he went, you know, lovely little testimony about how Jesus had changed his life and how, for him, Jesus was everything. And as I was looking there, his father was crying. And um, in the prayers after that baptism, his father prayed and just, you know, again, just kind of cried out to God, you know. And so from that God working in Ricardo's life, he is now touching that whole family. And I think that God wants to show us that he works one by one and needs to use each one of us um, in his kingdom. So we need to put our faith into action. Faith, even as small as a mustard seed, acting on God's greatness and God's mercy and God's blessing can great, bring great fruition in our lives, in our communities, and in our ministries. And out of that faith comes the last part, the fourth part of this um, passage in Luke 17. Service and duty. Next slide, please. Um, This is Lourdes. She lives in a home that's five metres by three metres, which I think I've been in some bigger bathrooms than her house in in my time here in the UK. And she's a lovely lady. And um, so there's Ricardo and uh, one of the men in our church, Jorge, helping her relocate her little um, house and we all try to get in there for a little tea party afterwards. And I think it's, we need to know that from um, Jesus said to us, he came not to be served, but to serve. And that is the model that we have. He washed the disciples' feet. He told us to go and do likewise. He said, greater things will you do in my name. The Christian life is a call to service and not just for missionaries. I'm here, but you are all there. And God has got a plan for each one of our lives if we're his disciples. If we've asked him into our life and we've said, Lord, be Lord of my life, take my life and let it be. As that hymn says, you know, dedicated Lord to thee. Our Christian life is not about negotiating what fits in with our timetable. And as I read those words in um, the end of Luke, and it says, the ma- when the, master, the servant comes in, the master doesn't say to him, come and sit down and I'll serve you. And I sometimes think that we're the ones sitting at the table asking God to do what we want him to do in our lives. Those roles need to be reversed. 
We're the ones serving the Lord. He is sitting. He's enthroned in heaven. He has done his plan for salvation. And we now need to work that out in our lives and through what we do in his name on this earth. And so we are not to sit around at the table expecting God to answer, Lord, do this for me. Lord, do that for me. Sometimes that's appropriate, of course. But we shouldn't be negotiating with God regarding what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And we had some very powerful words this morning as we were praying about serving. It was said, you know, that great verse, you know, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. And I want to challenge each one of us. Don't look at me and think, oh, she's doing a great job, I couldn't be like her, because you can. I'm a nobody. (laughs) Just somebody who said yes and ended up in Peru. You can say yes and you can end up doing amazing things with faith in God. And I read another um, great quote this week um, as I was researching and praying. Committed service is a disciple's privilege. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to do, speak in his name. It's a privilege to pray with people. It's a privilege to, to, to lead others to Christ. It's a privilege to be that person who um, people ask, well, why are you like this? Why are you happy? Why are you, why are you doing this? And we can respond to, love, to God's love in this way. We are all called to be disciples, living in community with each other, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, rebuking and and working those things out together as God's body uh, here uh, in in Chatham and in Peru and everywhere where we are. We need to forgive and restore relationships within us. We shouldn't worry about having a great faith before we start doing something. As I said, a small faith in a big God, that's a great place to start. We just need to have a great God, not be surprised at what God wants to do in us. Putting our lives in God's hands, in his power, he can do so much. So we can serve God as a dutiful son or a daughter from that place of perfect love and trust in him. Uh, Next slide, please. I just love this one. This is Amanda and Lord. This is making, you know, sandwiches. (laughs) You know, and you don't have to do great things. There are so many things that you can do to serve Christ's body here. Next slide, please. You can serve. This is our part of our Sunday school. You can do in the children's ministry. Next slide, please. Is that crafts? I've been seeing lots of crafts going on. I love doing arts and crafts. And um, there's lots of things you can do creatively. And the last slide, please. And have fun together. You know, we operate um, kind of like a buddy system where we just do fun things. We go to parks. We do excellent. That's a great ministry. You know, it doesn't seem like ministry at the time. But giving somebody a helping hand, giving somebody a lift, giving somebody, you know, a smile, giving somebody anything you can do is serving the Lord. You're being Christ's hands and feet and presence in this world. And that's what God calls us to do. I'm sorry, Mr. Atwet, going to the schools and um, other things in the community, and I know you're very busy here, and I'd encourage you to you know, get involved in that or talk to the leadership here, and I know there's going to be a time for prayer um, afterwards um, if you want to receive prayer about anything that I've said. And um, so I just I thank the Lord that you know, he uses each one of us, that he is um, a great God and can do great things. I'm not sure about the future. I know that I'm going back. Every time I come back, I think... I think England's quite, you know, I don't really know how I fit in. Sometimes I go in the supermarket and I, I come back with nothing or I'm sitting on a bus thinking I don't know where I'm going, you know, and, I, and then I get muddled up where I'm going. So I've got Chatham, Chadwell, you know, somewhere else. I had, I had, the other week I had Weymouth, Worcester, Way, um, all the W's together. So I think, oh dear, please, if I stand up and say the wrong sermon, you know, <laughs> or address the wrong people, um, 
It's not easy coming back into a different place. And um, I'm on retreat from tomorrow for three days. And so really thinking, and God spoke to me this morning in the prayer meeting as well. So thank you for ministering to me. And um, thank you for your support over these 17 years. And if I can encourage even one person here today to take that step of faith and say, I'll do something. I don't want to sit at that table and wait for the Lord to do things for me. I want to be out there, you know, where God is doing things. I want to be part of the action. I want to see God grow my faith. I want to see God um, work in people's lives. They can become Christians and then go on serving as well. So let's examine our lives, watch what we're doing, how we're acting, how we're reacting. Watch ourselves as we work in teams and with the other people. We often rub people up the wrong way. And watch how we are putting our faith into action. And um, lastly, just watching that um, we are serving in the right way. We are not coming to church just to sit and be served, but we are here to serve our Lord because he has served us in dying for us. He has served us in giving us his spirit, and he has served us in that promise that I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I am always with you. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you that we have a challenge before us today to be your disciples and have that privilege to serve you, to speak your word, to convict others, and just to live a life in faithfulness. Lord, we pray that you would use us this week in a mighty way, where we work, where we are going to study, where we are having fun and just relaxing. Lord, may we be a beacon of light. May we be a beacon of faith wherever we go. And may we, you rise up, um, raise up leaders, Lord, to grow your kingdom in this place, in Pip and Jim's, Lord. And I pray today for the church in Peru, for those faithful leaders I've left in charge, that you would strengthen them and grow in them the gifts they need. So that when I go back, Lord, I will see that you can do great things and that I can move on to other things because you have raised up leaders to take on those responsibilities. So we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love and your blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. And a little fun video.